Episode 28. You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk with your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Hey there, this is Stephanie. Welcome to Vox Talk. We've got David Boyle, Colin Campbell, Betty Zoller, and Doug Rain on the show today. So let's get going. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. In video game voice acting news, Irish-born actor Liam Neeson will lead the voice acting cast for Bethesda Softworks game, Fallout 3. Liam, known predominantly for his screen acting work, also has dozens of voiceover roles under his belt, including the lion Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, audiobook narrator of the Polar Express, and a dozen or so documentary narration credits. To learn more about Liam Neeson's role in Fallout 3, visit the Vox Talk show notes for episode 20. 28 at blogs.voices.com slash voxtalk. In other news, Nancy Wolfson and Anna Buccino treated an appreciative and talkative audience to a class on acting for advertising through their Break into VoiceOver educational series. We were proud to sponsor the teleseminar and are looking forward to future opportunities with a delightful duo. If you missed the teleseminar and hanging out with the North Carolina contingent that attended, you can find out more via link in our show notes to Bob Sauer's blog. Go to bobsauer.com slash blog for more info. In closing, Rodney Salisbury sent me a link earlier this week to some fantastic tongue twisters he put together in a YouTube video that are sure to challenge and captivate even the most experienced voice talent. You can watch the video at Vox Daily or go to YouTube.com and search for Rodney Salisbury. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. Today in The Biz, David Boyle of DavidBoyle.com shares a real-life experience where being flexible in a professional recording studio setting is not just an asset, it's a skill. Hi, this is David Boyle from San Francisco, and today I'd like to talk about being flexible in a session and offering your client options. Recently, I booked an industrial video narration gig for a major accounting firm. I arrived for the session early, as is my practice, and was able to sit down with the writer and get her take on how she felt the copy should be read. She showed me a rough cut and explained that this very artfully shot day-in-the-life piece should be narrated by a, quote, foreign film narrator, and she cited the film Amelie as a great example of the kind of style she was thinking of. Great. So I make my notes and read over the copy as the production team and client arrive, and the engineer sets up the portable booth. So we get rolling, and I read through once in the style that the writer had suggested. Her feedback was very positive and complimentary, but the rest of the team, including the client, were absolutely silent. So the director clears his throat and says, <clears throat> Yeah, we, we like that, but could you speed it up a little and put some more energy into it? Sure, I can do that. So I did. And then again, they ask for more speed and energy until by take three, the read bore absolutely no resemblance to the first take. And at one point, I could feel there was a little tension between the writer and the director. And so, being the class clown that I am, I noticed a line in the copy that read, In a world of complexity, so what do you think I did? Yep, 
Dom LaFontaine. <laughs> well, there was an instant eruption of laughter and shouts from the client area, and everyone, except the writer, who by this time had gotten very quiet, was shouting, Yes, yes, do it like that! So I did, and they were happy, except, of course, the poor writer. Now, it really makes no difference to me which take the client uses from a session, or even whether I agree with their choices. The point is, I was flexible enough to roll with the changes and, in the end, deliver what was asked for and that they liked my work. So, the upshot? Be nimble. Be mobile. Be ready to change the idea that you had in your head when somebody throws you something off the wall. Also, if there's something in the copy that you see that sparks your interest or sparks an idea, throw it out there. If the mood seems right and your client or director seems open to suggestion, it couldn't hurt. Maybe that'll be the take they use. Thanks for listening. This is David Boyle. Thank you, David, for showing us a different aspect of the biz when being directed inside the booth. We're privileged just to listen to what you experienced and how you overcame a sticky situation. This is why they call it voice acting, folks. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. This week in Tech Talk, Colin Campbell teaches us a thing or two about EQ or equalization. Get comfy. This one is definitely something we all need to hear. Colin Campbell for AffordableAnnouncer.com talking about equalization or EQ as we call it. Any recording, be it voice or music, is made up of a frequency range or spectrum. From the lowest lows, the bassy baritones, to the highest highs, and the sibilant sopranos. And then flutes at the high end, bass drums at the low end, or the sound of a telephone or tinny AM radio in the middle. This range is described in hertz and kilohertz. The uh, average human can hear from about 20 hertz to about uh, 15 or 18 kilohertz, or 1,000 hertz. If you've ever had a hum in your equipment that uh, was undesirable, that is usually caused by some problem with your power supply. And that hum is at 60 hertz. So if you think of a hum from a guitar amp or a microphone preamp, and you know exactly what that sound is, that is at 60 hertz because uh, electrical alternating current in your house travels, uh, resonates, vibrates at 60 hertz. If you've ever heard a television channel with a technical problem, there's been a tone on it. Usually that tone is at 1,000 hertz. A typical telephone where there's no high, crisp, uh, trebly clarity is because it usually tops out about 3K or 3 kilohertz or 3,000 hertz. Once you get a feel for this spectrum, then you can play with it. You can alter it to make your voice sound better, for instance. A lot of times a male voice might want to accentuate, as I do, somewhere around 3, 4K. And what that does is make your voice more intelligible or punch through, especially when your audition might be played on low-quality computer speakers where you've got no uh, upper or lower end to play with, so you punch through what's available. One way that might help you understand it is to go to a microphone website, maybe for the microphone that you use, and look for a frequency response curve. And what that will show you is what your microphone does in the frequency spectrum between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. It might have an inherent peak somewhere in the spectrum. Usually there's a few ripples up there around 5, 8, 10,000 hertz. And this is what's called self-noise in a microphone. And even though they refer to it as noise, it's not really noise per se as we think of it. It's how the microphone affects what it's being presented with. 
Sometimes this so-called self-noise in a microphone is what makes it desirable to someone. It's why their voice sounds good on that mic, because it's accentuating some part of this frequency spectrum that is particularly uh, favorable or flattering to their voice. Now, if you have a microphone that you're dealing with that maybe isn't so favorable, you can correct for these things with an equalizer. An equalizer allows you to affect this frequency response spectrum from low to mid through high in different ways. Either you boost or cut part of this spectrum, and when you do that, usually you have the choice of how wide a swath of that gain or cut you're going to affect and exactly where that gain or cut is. Generally, that's referred to as a parametric equalizer. A parametric equalizer allows you to define three different parameters for whatever part of the frequency spectrum you're working with, and that is where in the spectrum it is, how wide of a swath you're affecting, and how much boost or cut you're going to put in that part of the spectrum. Well, it's a very technical subject. I gave it a shot in three-some-odd minutes, so there you go. See you next time. Colin Campbell from AffordableAnnouncer.com. Thanks. Colin, thanks for explaining this highly interesting and crucial topic. Again, folks, this is information you will not find anywhere else. Let Colin know how much you appreciate his work at AffordableAnnouncer.com. Vox Box, sharing your audio feedback. Last week, Betty and I co-wrote an article on the Vox Daily blog about audio engineering, voice acting, and how the two aren't necessarily the same thing. Here's Betty. Hi, Stephanie. It was so great being with you in Las Vegas at the Voice 2007 conference where I taught recently. And that was the first time we had met, getting to know one another. And I want to just thank you for the blog you've put up here. I've been thinking about this topic for some time, as I said when I wrote you. And it is so, so important that those who seek voiceover talents on Voices.com understand that they're getting a voiceover talent, in some cases, not an audio engineer, not a person experienced in a recording studio. It is very important to distinguish between a voiceover talent and an experienced audio engineer capable of engineering your project for you. Sometimes a talent is both, like me, and there are many others. Sometimes that's not the case. So choose wisely. We want satisfied clients, and we want satisfied voice talents. And thank you, Voices.com and Stephanie, for helping. Thanks, Betty. Also, I thought it would be fun to bring this episode to a close with another humorous demo submitted by Doug Rain about dentures. Let's take a listen. Attention denture wearers, has this ever happened to you? Well, this one time I was eating corn on the cob, they popped out, ricocheted off the refrigerator, and took a bite out of the cat. Hey, Mildred, how about you and I take a ride down to the... Oh. I was doing my stand-up act in the Poconos when all of a sudden, patui, my dentures shot out of my mouth. It was totally scary, man. The guy was talking and his teeth just flew across the room and got stuck in the wall. It was the most disturbing thing I'd seen in my life, other than the time I saw the Teletubbies. Yes, I had to use a knife and fork to perform my work. I really can't afford to have my teeth fall out on the stage during the concert tour again. Yeah, we used to call him Vinny the Shark. Now we just call him Vinny the Gums. Yar.
Me crew lost all respect for me after they found out these weren't me natural choppers. Yeah, I was playing my trombone and went to hit a high note. Instead, I hit the tuba player right in the Wiener Schnitzel. Is undependable denture adhesion ruining your life? Try DentuGuard, the industrial strength denture cement. Before DentuGuard, even baby food would make my teeth fall out. But now they hold so well, I can gnaw my way through barbed wire. Unpredictable dentures destroyed my love life. But now the chicks dig me. Thanks, DentuGuard. After I got me dentures, I couldn't eat me haggis. But thanks to DentuGuard, I can eat sheep guts until I burst. DentuGuard, available wherever hardware and blasting supplies are sold. That's a very unique way to showcase character voices and accents. If you like Doug's demo, send him a note at his website, dougrain.voices.com. Thank you for listening. Next week, we'll hear from Betty and Boca and Adam Fox, so stay subscribed. If you haven't yet subscribed to Vox Talk, you can do so through the iTunes podcast directory or subscribe to the RSS feed by email on the Vox Talk blog. You can get there by going to blogs.voices.com slash Vox Talk. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Take care and see you next Thursday.